you're in the right place if you're looking for another episode of Startups for the Rest of Us. This is episode 602, where I sit down with my 11-year-old and I explain to him not only what SaaS is, but we start all the way at the beginning with what is money, what are dollars. And then we talk about businesses and their purpose. And then we talk about software and then about SaaS. And then we dive into SaaS metrics, the KPIs that you should be tracking, things like MRR, ACV, LTV, we go through all the TLAs, you know, the three-letter acronyms. And I was inspired to do this episode by a quote that's attributed to a bunch of different people. I think most often if you search for this quote, you find it attributed to Einstein. I don't know if he actually said it, but basically says, if you can't explain a concept to a child, then you don't understand it deeply enough. And when I heard that, I thought, SaaS metrics are so boring and convoluted and complex. And what, what's cool in this episode is actually certain metrics I say, monthly recurring revenue, what does that mean? And then he's able to define it because the definition is in the three words. But then there are a couple of terms where it's not obvious what they actually mean. And you can hear him thinking about it because he doesn't speak the jargon like a lot of us do. And you can hear him struggling to define it. And it shows, I mean, I actually say, yeah, that's a bad name for this thing, but it's just what is generally acceptable at this point. It's what most of us use. But anyways, I hope you enjoy this episode. It's very different than a lot of the stuff that I do on the show. But I would say that if you maybe are unfamiliar or not super versed in SaaS metrics, this is a good episode for you because we really do dig in from first principles, starting with dollars and then making it all the way to lifetime value and a few others. I was also going to do expansion revenue, but it was running long. And so I decided not to do that. But even if you already know SaaS metrics, I still think you'll learn something from this because I'll be honest, I learned a few things from this conversation as well. Before we dive into that, tickets to MicroConf Local in London are on sale and actually they are going fast. I think we're going to sell out if we haven't already because I'm recording this a week or two in advance. But if you go to microconf.com, you can go to our events menu and snag a ticket assuming they're still available. Local London is a one-day event. May 18th, we're going to be hosting three or four amazing speakers. Asia Aranja will be there. Brennan Dunn, I'm going to be there doing a talk. And it's just a fun get-together. It's a fun gathering to be able to hang out with other microconf bootstrapped and mostly bootstrapped founders. And we keep the ticket price really low. It's around 200 pounds, depending on a, a few factors. So hopefully that's something that you can make it to, because I would love to see you and do a fist bump. You know, I never fist bumped before COVID, but now... Unfortunately, that's just a better way, better way to do things than shaking people's hands. So anyways, I would love to meet you face-to-face -face if you're listening to this and you're able to make it. And with that, let's dive into me explaining SaaS metrics to my 11-year-old. So you know why we're here today, right? Yes. I want to start at the beginning with the basics. Do you know what a dollar is? Yes. Of course, right? You, you you know that dollars can buy yeah. Lego. Yes, they can also buy other things, but... So dollars are our currency. Do you know that there are other currencies in other countries? Yes. Like what? Can you name one? Um, British pounds. There you go. You like the Brits, don't you? Sure, why not? So dollars are what make our economy go round, and it's what you would get paid if you get a job. Yeah. And do you get paid dollars on any recurring basis? Uh, yeah, I have an allowance for doing chores and such. Very cool. And you get that money from us. And where do your mother and I get 
our dollars? How do we make our dollars? From your jobs, being an entrepreneur. Right. So we have jobs that are maybe a little different. I know, you know, different than most people. You and I know some folks who work as teachers or who work as doctors, right? And they are paid by a school or by a hospital. But your mother and I run our own companies, right? And so you, you know what a business is, right? Can you, like, do you, can you summarize what a business is or a company is? Why, why you might start one? I mean, I guess an organization of multiple people with a, what's the defining factor of a business? Like pyramid of authority, uh, hierarchy with someone at the top. Oh, that's interesting. You think about that. That's the internal structure. Sometimes a business is just one person. Like your mom really until the last six or eight months, it was just her in Zen Founder. So there wasn't any need for that authority or, or internal structure. I think of a business as a, an organization that seeks to produce a profit by creating something yeah. that people value enough to pay for. Organization of people then. Yeah, yeah. one or more people. Right, And here in the U.S., they're called, what, LLCs. You can have a sole proprietorship. You can have a C-corp. And then in Britain, they have a limited corp, I think, private limited. Yeah, you have to forgive me. I'm still just learning that stuff. But that business, you know, because there's nonprofit organizations that are set up to do certain things. There's benefit corporations. But really what we're talking about is a for-profit company. What does a for-profit company do, do you think? I don't know. They give people stuff and people give them money. Right, right. And so examples of that, like, can you think of any companies that you buy things from with your dollars? I don't know, Lego. Right, Lego's a good example. Target. Yeah, I I sometimes buy stuff from Target. Buy Lego from Target. Lego usually is, well, I don't know, Amazon has better prices, but they're a massive mega corporation. So Amazon's another So is Target, though, but yeah. Right. So Amazon's another business that you give your money, your, your money to. Yes. Got it. And so... Ultimately, there, there's a lot of, I think, nuance around profit being the main motive of companies or just one of several, because there are these multiple bottom line companies now that want to make a profit and also yeah. help people, which I, I think is good and noble. I'm actually invested in, in a couple of those. But let's say that you pay your money to a business like Target or Lego, and for every dollar you give them, it costs them a dollar and 20 cents to produce and market and ship and and provide you with that product. Then they're then they're losing money though. Okay. So So does that work or not? No, they'll bankrupt themselves. Right. Okay, good. So you're already bringing in a term of ba- bankruptcy. That's great. So what so when you give them money, do you know the term for that that they how they what they call that inside their company? Revenue. That's right. Yep. So revenue is like the dollar you give them. But what if it costs them 70 cents to manufacture and provide, you know, all the service to you or the, or the product to you? Then that is, you know what that's called? That 70 cents? I don't know. 70 cents relative to 100 would be profit, but I don't know it. Yeah. Man- manufacturing costs, maybe? Yeah. So there's two things there that you're getting at it. Well, actually, it's the, the global term for it. High level term is an expense. There's a okay. revenue and an expense, but you're even going within expenses. There's something called cost of goods sold. It's also summarized, yeah. often summarized as COGS, C-O-G-S. And that is manufacturing costs okay. and shipping and some basics. So we have revenue, which is the dollar. You want to say $100, that make more sense to you? Because it's weird. You, don't, you never give Lego a dollar. 
So let's uh, say you give them $100 for a set. Uh, sure. And all of their their expenses, including their COGS and shipping and providing the take that Target takes when they sell it through them, is $0.70. Cents. That's their expense. And then the $0.30 cents that's left over for Lego is there. $30. Bucks. $30. Well, yeah, that's right. I'm still then. in the dollar. Yep, yep. The $30 left over is? The profit. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So now we have business fundamentals. We have money, revenue expenses, and yeah. profit. Okay. So now I want to switch up the business type and switch from Lego to let's say that I started a software company or you started a software company. Okay. So that's now the product you're selling. To get started, can you name a few pieces of software that you use on a daily or weekly basis? What? Software like programs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just name a few. It's a, there's a bunch of them, right? Like apps, Yep. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, include, play, you can include games. I play Rec Room and Minecraft sometimes. Okay, so uh, I think we paid for Minecraft on the iPad. Yeah, I think Rec Room's free, Rec Room but there's free, currency but there's, inside of it. That's going to be their yeah. revenue stream. Um, what else? What else? What other programs? I don't know, the Amazon app if I want to. Yeah, that's software, but realistically, so Amazon, you don't pay for their software. You they, That's no. just a catalog yeah. to buy through them. How about, wasn't there one called Kahoot? That's a like a quizzing app. Right. But didn't we pay, you downloaded it for free and then you could pay for a premium plan that like Kahoot? Was, that was Look It for school. Look It, it's, right. It's like Kahoot, but... So but, they're learning yeah. apps. But, yeah. And we paid a subscription so you got some special stuff, right? Yeah. Some upgraded. How about other software? Because that software all downloads to your iPad, right? And it runs locally. Yeah. You, could, you could turn off Wi-Fi and it would work. Right. Yeah. What about software like Google Drive and Google Docs and Google Sheets? Those run on the internet, don't they? I know there's an offline mode. But let's just assume. Let's assume that there was no offline mode because there was actually many, many years before they had that. Realistically, you need Wi-Fi to access that, don't you? To access a document? Yeah, in Google Docs. Yeah, I guess. Like to edit a document. Without offline mode. Yeah, assuming there's no offline mode, then yeah, you would need Wi-Fi. Right. Do you use any online, like web-based video or photo editors? Or is it all app-based? I use Adobe Express Photoshop sometimes. Is that downloaded onto your iPad? Is it an app or is it in a browser? Yeah, I downloaded it. It's both. Got it. It's both. Okay, so that's the thing, right, is if if it's local, then it's, if it's downloaded to your iPad then it's yeah. just software or apps, programs, as you said. If it's in a browser, there's this term, and it's software as a service. And the term is terrible, so it's SaaS, wouldn't, right? Wouldn't it be a, a service if it was an app? I don't... There can be a muddy line where, like, Google Drive or Google Docs, you can access it in the browser, and it goes, it goes out onto the Internet into their servers to retrieve your documents, is what it is. But they also make an app... This is the confusing part. Yeah, also, they also make an app, but that also goes yeah. out to the server. They call it in the cloud, right? You've heard I this. Guess. It goes out to the Google servers to pull your docs back when you want to edit them. Docs Docs also just redirects you to the app, so. Mm, got it. So yeah, so the app versus browser thing maybe is not the best distinction. 
But I think the, the big thing is software as a service is where your data is hosted, is not usually not hosted locally. It's hosted, you know, not locally on your machine, but it's hosted on Google's servers or it's hosted on Dropbox's servers or it's hosted, like think of Spotify, which is more of an entertainment app, but I, I create playlists and those playlists live on the Spotify servers, right? And I, and I can access them from any, yeah. any device. Okay. Software as a service, terrible name, agreed? Sure, it's not like you build your company around it or anything. What, are you, what company are you referring to? I don't know. It's not like you build your... You use that term a lot. I know. I it's do. It's not like you build your life around that term, I guess. Yeah. That's, <laughs> well, like because Drip was software as a service. Not that, not that much of an exaggeration, to be honest, but yeah. You, right, the, my life know. is built around it. Yeah, well, that's the thing, and yet... It's this very left brain nerdy term that I think yeah. is overly technical. I wish there was a better term for, for what we do. So you remember Drip. It was software that you, people could use to build their email list so they could communicate with their audience. Remember that? Yeah. Okay. And people paid monthly for Drip. That's what software as a service, that's usually what it means. It's monthly or annual, but it's not a one-time fee. You know some of the apps that we buy that you pay just five, like uh, Angry Birds, Plants vs. Zombies, where you pay five bucks or ten bucks, and then you don't subscribe, you just get to play the game. Yeah, you dated yourself by using those two examples. I know. But yeah. Yeah, you get it. Yeah, they're, they're good games, though. But yeah, yes. Plants vs. Yes. Zombies 6, I should the, say, to not. To not there's, okay. Yeah, that is the case. You buy the game and then you play it. Right. Well, software as a service is different. You get what's called recurring revenue. Yeah. What do you think that means? recurring revenue it's revenue that reoccurs so yeah what multiple payments right in a month or a week whatever yeah so it's standardized it could be anything right but it's kind of standardized in general on monthly payments or yearly payments those are usually the two options i'd say in 80 percent of the cases and so what if i were to give you this phrase average revenue per account per month Average revenue per account. What do you think that means? Uh, account. Oh, yeah, there's there's different ways to what say it. Average is... revenue per customer. Okay. If an account is paying $5 for your service a month, that would be, in fact, the average revenue per customer per month. That's exactly right. And in this case, account and customer are interchangeable. ARPC or ARPA, A-R-P-A. Yeah. Now, what if I had 10 customers or 10 accounts paying me $5 a month, and then I had 10 paying me $15 a month because they used a more premium version, what would my average revenue per account be? 10 paying you 5 and 10 paying you 15. Yep. 15 times 10 is 150, and 5 times 10 is 50, so you would get $200 um, in revenue a month for your service. Awesome. So that's total revenue per month. It's called MRR, monthly recurring revenue. Yeah. Right? MRR is what you just defined. That is the total monthly revenue that I get from all of my customers. What is the average revenue per customer? Average? Well, because yep, I have 20 customers. Do, what, right? 5 15 $10 per customer, averaging That's 5 correct. and 15 Yep, exactly. And you could get there one of two ways. You know, the same amount are paying you 5 and 15 that it's in the middle of 10 Or, or you could there's get your the MRR. Averaging method, yeah. You went to MRR, which is 200 and then you said, I'm going to take my MRR and I'm going to divide it by my number of customers. Yeah. And that's the formula. That is the formula for average revenue per customer. Yeah. So you came across 10 bucks. Now, 10 bucks would be very low and you'd have high churn, but uh, we're not going to do that today. Mm-hmm.
Our sponsor this week is Microsoft for Startups Founders Hub. Microsoft for Startups is on a mission to help all founders innovate and grow no matter their background, location, or progress. To this end, they've recently launched Microsoft for Startups Founders Hub, a platform that provides founders with free resources to help solve startup challenges. Members of the platform get a ton of benefits that can help founders build their startup faster from day one. Up to $150,000 in Azure credits, free development tools like GitHub, free Microsoft collaboration and productivity software like Teams and Outlook, offers from startup-friendly partners, and more. A strong and diverse network is critical to a startup's success, and so Microsoft for Startups Founders Hub is making this historically inaccessible resource open to all by providing members access to a mentor network as well as technical advisors. Members can book time with mentors to get expert feedback and advice on their product roadmap, business plan, fundraising approach, marketing plan, and more. The program is open to everyone, no matter your startup stage. And unlike other programs, there are no funding requirements. And the sign-up process takes less than five minutes. Learn more about Microsoft for Startups Founders Hub at aka.ms slash startups for the rest of us. That's aka.ms slash startups for the rest of us. So we have MRR, we have average revenue per customer or average revenue per account. What do you think I mean when I say annual contract value or ACV? The word that confuzzles me is contract, I suppose. Yep. Annual is yearly. Value would be how much it's worth relative to something else. But contract? Yeah. It it is a weird, it's it's another clunky phrase that I wish was different. It's really like, maybe, what if ACV stood for annual customer value? The value that I receive from a customer in a given year. Does that, that would make, make clear? more sense. Yeah. Then. And do you know what that means? Like, let's say a customer pays me $10 a month. What, what do you think their annual customer well, or contract value is? 10 times 12 is 120. Right. So. Boom. So that's it. So that's ACV. $120 a year, isn't it? Yeah. But if you get 1,000 of them, then you get yeah. 120000 a year. So with that, I want to cover just a couple more things. This is all revenue. You notice that? This is all money coming in. We haven't talked in SaaS about anything going out. So we've talked MRR, ARPA, or RPC, annual contract value. One of the hardest parts about SaaS is that your customers can cancel anytime, right? So what if a customer, if you say they're going to pay me 10 bucks a month, do they pay you that forever? Or what if someone decides they don't need it after three months and they cancel? How much have they paid you? $10 $10 a month, that would be $30 right. of your expected 120 So Right, right. So in that case, yeah, right. You expected them to pay you 120 in a year, but they only paid you 30 and, and they're gone. Do you know the word for that when someone cancels that we, that we use inside SaaS? Cancel? I don't know. Yeah. So it's called a cancellation, but the way we represent it as a metric or as a number is we call it churn. And churn is the percentage of your customers who cancel in a given month. Churn? Churn, with an N. Okay. C-H-U-R-N. So you know like churning butter? It's that word. Yeah. And the reason it's called that, I think, is because it's it's like you're churning butter. It's you're turning it over, right? You turn butter over and over to make cream. Wait, you turn cream over and over to make butter? Yeah. You can Wait. tell I've lived on a farm, no, huh? No, no. <laughs> but But you're no, turning customers over in this case. So yeah. What if I had 100 customers at the start of a month and then 10 customers canceled during that month? What do you think as a percentage, what, what do you think my churn would be? 
10 out of 100, it would be 10%. So exactly. you would have 10% churn or... That's correct. Yeah. And that's called, that's called customer churn. There's also something called revenue churn, which is, let's say I had $10,000 a month in MRR, monthly recurring revenue, and $1,000 worth of MRR canceled. It doesn't matter if it's one big customer or if it's a thousand one dollar customers, but it's that amount of MRR churned. So one thousand out of ten thousand. What would that revenue churn be? One thousand out of ten thousand. One out of ten, or ten out of a hundred revenue churn. Right, ten percent. Yeah, it's the same, the same number because I, you know, these are contrived examples. But and ten percent churn. Does that sound high to you or low to you? I don't know. So imagine that every month you churn 10% of your customer base. So you go from 10 oh, yeah, down to 90. High. Yeah, down to 90. That I'm sorry. Quite high. Yeah, you go from 100 down to 90, and then you churn 9 that month, right? Because it's 10%. So now you're at 81, and then you, you churn 8.1. Yeah, and then you bankrupt yourself. That's well, nice. that's what happens, right? 10% churn, I believe you, you, know, you churn out 90% of your customers in, I forget what the number is, but it's, you know, eight months or nine wow. months or something. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's, and, and so you have to, you know, it's expensive to find new customers, right? It's the death of SaaS growth. It makes it hard to grow when people are canceling. And that's a more advanced topic to talk about, you know, eliminating churn and why that happens and all this. But I want to get to this concept called lifetime value, which is, what, what do you think that means? Lifetime value of a customer. Ah, uh, the only thing I could guess is like how much money they could give you and their lifetime, I guess. I don't know. That's this is another one where lifetime is maybe not the best term for it. What it is is it's it's like the relationship value of oh, the customer. So the lifetime is how long they use. Yes. You're okay. getting there. Yep. How long they use your software. How long they pay you for your software. That makes sense. We call it lifetime value. It should honestly be relationship value or something like that. But yeah, so let's say someone signs up they pay you $10 a month and they stick around for 20 months and then they cancel. What was their lifetime value? Okay, uh, they gave you $200. That's right. And usually you don't look at it as an individual customer, you look at it in an aggregate because when you have a thousand customers, they're all paying you different amounts and they all have different, you know, some cancel at month six, at nine, at 12, you, you have to average it out. So to calculate a, the average lifetime value of your customer, first you need to calculate the average lifetime of your customer. So the average time a customer stays with you. And I want to I name the formula for this and have you tell me if you think it's intuitive or not. So if you had 5% churn for easy math, it would be 1 over 5%, which is 0.05. 1 over 0.05. Okay. So how many, how many months is that? Months One, for what? One divided by 0.05 is the number of months, the average lifetime uh, of your customer. Two? I, wait. Close, you're missing a zero. 20. Yeah, if it was 0.5, that'd be 50%, yeah. and your lifetime would, average lifetime would be. Do that with 10. Kind of makes sense. So lifetime average would be 10 months or 20 months with those numbers. The way you get your lifetime value of a customer, remember this is relationship value, is you take that lifetime, 10 months, 20 months, and you multiply it times your average revenue per customer. So, okay. so if we go back to our example earlier, average revenue per customer per month is $10. Remember, we did the average. If your average lifetime is 20 months, we take what? 20 times 10. Yeah. Math, audio math is riveting, isn't it? Equals 
200, 200, 200, 20 times $200. So that's an average revenue over the lifetime of your customer. It's called the lifetime value of a customer on average. And 200 is actually, well, it's fine for like a a small business. Really, really hard to grow a company with a $200 lifetime value. Okay. So I feel like that covers the revenue side, the money coming into the business. I really want to talk about the two largest expenses. There are tons of expenses, right, in any company, even in SaaS. There's the incorporation fees and there's legal fees and there is, you have a payment processor like Stripe and you pay a small amount to them. But really the two biggest expenses are, what do you think they are before I say them? I mean, I can see the document where you've listed these things. Well done, hacking um, the system. Yeah, uh, I, I was going to, I can see it on the doc, and I was going to guess salaries anyway, yep. paying your employees. Then That's right. That is the number one expense. Other expenses, what, it's just making this time, it's how much... The time is worth making the the product. Yeah, itself. that's right. So it's different. Remember, we talked about cogs or cost of goods sold with Lego, and how yeah. they might have a lot of that because they have huge plants manufacturing. They have people on the floor, and they pay for the plastic. And there's all those things. SaaS really just has time, doesn't it? And time is money. Yeah, you've heard yeah, this expression. It's software. Right. right. So let's say I hire five engineers and two support people and and a customer success person and a salesperson. What do I have to pay all of those people? Dollars. Uh, Back to our first thing, dollars. I don't know. I can't estimate all those people's salary. I'm not asking how much, but what do, do you think I pay them in? Um, do I give them a granola bars mm, to show up for work? Mm, no, no. You you give them money. Monies. Monies? So monies are a big... Okay, I see. Salaries are your number one expense. The other one, and it's another SaaS metric, much like we talked about MRR and average revenue per customer, annual contract value. These are metrics that we track and pay attention to and try to improve. The last one I want to talk about is CAC. CAC. No, that's a funny CAC. C-A-C. Okay. Cost to acquire a customer. What do you think cost to acquire a customer means? I guess it's an estimation, but you could estimate how much money you spend on the products to acquire, I don't know. To, you were getting there. Yeah. It's how much money you spend on marketing. Oh, it's marketing. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then it's it's averaged, right? Yeah. So realistically, if you're buying ads, it's easy to usually easy to calculate cost to acquire a customer because you know that if each click is a dollar and one out of 10 clicks results in a customer, you've paid $10 to acquire each customer. That makes sense? Yeah. Okay. It's harder when you're doing things like producing content, because really what is the, you know, what is the cost of this if it's your, you know, your founder's time? Sometimes I'll see CAC estimated as like all of our marketing expenses divided by the number of new customers we receive in a month, and it's, it's across all of those, those things. Yeah. The hard part is, you do want to drill down further because you want to figure out where your low, why would you want to figure out where your low CACs are? Like if I had three different marketing approaches, let's say I was running ads and it was $10 to acquire a customer. I was creating content, meaning I have maybe videos on YouTube and it's costing me $50 to acquire a customer. And then I'm doing outbound sales, like reaching out to people on LinkedIn and Twitter and email, and it's costing me $100 to acquire a customer. And which one of those is best and why is that important? Uh, well, LinkedIn and YouTube, or what, the last two approaches, I already forgot the first one first would be. First one was, was ads. It was $10, $50, uh, and $100. Yeah, uh, 
then reaching out for people for a hundred bucks for a single customer would obviously be the weakest. So you would probably eliminate that one and spend that money on salaries or more marketing. Right. The other approaches that are working. You'd either try that's, to optimize Yeah, that's it. why you'd need to know the weakest approach. Right. Very good, sir. Those are your SaaS metrics. A, Do you feel smarter for having had this conversation? I don't know. I kind of already got all of them. You knew you knew most of these things. All right. Well, we won't tell the people that because the whole point is I was supposed to be explaining it to someone who didn't already know these. Plot twist, your editor doesn't cut this part out. <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to leave it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. editor editor man, I'm sorry you had to listen to like 35 minutes of unsmart people talking. Thanks for editing stuff. GG. Thank you, Fisher, for joining me on the show today. Bye. If you enjoyed that episode, let me know. I'm at Rob Walling on Twitter. Let's connect there. And if you haven't downloaded our two free guides, these are never released podcast episodes plus PDF guides. First one is eight things you must know when launching your SaaS. And the next one is 10 things you should know as you scale your SaaS. These are my learnings from what, 15, 16 years-ish in SaaS, as well as, you know, mentoring and advising and starting companies. And I put them all into these uh, two episodes and these two guides. So if you go to startupfortherestofus.com, you enter your email, and we will send those to you. Thanks, as always, for joining me again this week. And I look forward to being back in yours again next Tuesday morning. Bye.